Welcome to the Verna Verdict. I'm your host, Jacob Verna, and today we're going to be recapping the NBA playoffs. A lot of things going on around the NBA. We got the conference finals matchup set in stone. We got the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference, and the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics taking on each other in the Eastern Conference. But uh, we're going to recap the games last night. A lot of, a lot of interesting looks. A lot of interesting, uh, a lot of interesting moments throughout the game where we saw Luka Doncic completely take over. We saw uh, the Phoenix Suns do, at this point, I guess what the Phoenix Suns do best, and that would be uh, lose basketball games. Chris Paul holds a, uh, a re- he blew five two zero leads throughout his career, and I mean if that doesn't say enough about Chris Paul and his playoff luck, I don't know what else will. Chris Paul, yeah, either has the injury bug. Or he just is in a slump shooting overall. And then you got guys around him like Jay Crowder and Devin Booker just not able to uh, perform. What, what's your take on the Phoenix Suns and what's going on over there? They, they had a real good season, you know, right up until the end. I mean, they, it even looked competitive throughout the series. But, I mean, Game 7, it just was completely lost. And, and for the number one seed to go in there and get get dominated the way they did, that... In Game Seven, at least that was right. that was rough. They they were down by what forty points was it at one point? <laughs> Caught there. It was Caught rough. There. Uh, especially the, be, being the number one seed, the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans were able to take them to six with that lineup that might, arguably shouldn't have even been in the NBA playoffs is just interesting. You got a team coming in to play in, and then they go in against the one seed. They fight at home. They almost you know muzzle home court advantage for Phoenix. And uh, it, it, it's just making me really wonder how much does Chris Paul have left in the tank? Because, you know, he turned on the switch in New Orleans when it was needed to be turned yeah. on. But then when you go to Phoenix the next series, it seems like that, that switch that turned on burned a lot of energy and a lot of gas out of Chris Paul. And okay. he needed his young guys and DeAndre Ayton to step up and Devin Booker, Devin Booker to step up, right. and they just couldn't. Devin Booker was, what, 0 for 6 through the first two quarters? Mm-hmm. They De- combined for 0 for 11. At one point, him and Chris Paul. Yeah, and uh, what was the stat? DeAndre Ayton and uh, Devin Book and Chris Paul combining for 31 points. 31 points total. One of those players is expected to get 31 points by themselves entirely, but uh, the fact that those three combined for 31 points was just really disappointing. But segueing into what's going to be an interesting Western Conference Finals, the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors, the first thing that's going to come to my mind and what I'm going to worry about is going to be the size difference. We got Luka Doncic going to be, you know, if they got him at point guard, that's one thing. He did play center throughout this matchup. There was a couple moments where uh, he played out of position. Regardless, though, uh, just based off of what the Dallas Mavericks have listed, Luka Doncic 6'7", their shooting guard Brunson 6'1", Bullock 6'6", at the 3, Smith is a 6'7", power forward, and Powell's 6'10", center. So, I, I don't think this is a bat, that bad of a matchup for the Warriors in terms of... Uh, the Warriors are small, and they do run small ball. I, I just think that uh, the Mavericks the Mavericks do have size, but they don't have a solid big man. They don't, they don't really have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of around-the-rim presence. Um, and the fact that Draymond Green plays for the Warriors, probably one of the best defensive players in the league right. today, uh, that's going to be really good to have him, have him go out there and go up against Luka and maybe try to, try to muzzle that. Uh, for... For Luka Doncic, red hot, and it's almost comparable, almost comparable to uh, LeBron James in 2007. Yeah. When LeBron James led the Cavaliers, who didn't have any shooters, who didn't have any real scores, to the NBA Finals. It it was impressive, and he averaged 25, 8, and 8 through 20 games. However, uh, Luka Doncic is creeping up. 
on those numbers. Luka Doncic is averaging right now 31 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. Wow. So the, these numbers are close, and Luka Doncic okay. is, 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 is entering a, a, an interesting point in his career. He's got, a lot, he's got more uh, experience than the average player. He's played... Lot, a lot of time overseas, you know, he's got those right, championships. He's right. got that mindset. I don't think that there's much that's going to be able to phase Luka Doncic because I believe Luka oh, Doncic has seen everything. Thing. He's been in everything, and uh, the fact that he's red hot right now, and like Patrick Beverly said, nobody can guard him, and that that shows. Yeah. Luka Doncic goes out and goes four for four in the beginning, scores, uh, had twenty seven points at half. You know who else had twenty seven points at half? The Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns. The fact that he can play uh, this this game of basketball that well and make it seem like a video game almost. He's putting up 2K numbers and he's he's sitting there and he, he's balling out confident and nothing's phasing him. He's talking the whole entire time. You can see his mouth moving. He's talking to Celebrity Row. Uh, he's talking to Jay Crowder. And it, it seems like his confidence is at an all-time high. And once once yeah. Luka gets to that point, he's almost unstoppable. Same thing for LeBron James. Same thing for someone who's going to be playing this next series and Steph Curry. How do you see the Western Conference Finals unfolding? You know, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I think Luka's really going to put on a show, you know. But it, I think it all comes down to, to what the Warriors are doing at the end of the day. You know, they, they, they dictate. What goes on? I, I really feel like Golden State has a, a crazy scheme in, in and of itself. The the fact that Steve Kerr knows how to be in a winning situation and how to how to put on in the playoffs and how to keep mm-hmm. a team's longevity and, and uh, structure and offense. That that experience with the Chicago Bulls he had, I think, is uh, a, a big factor. Yeah. I mean, he's seen Phil Jackson in the works. He's seen Michael Jordan in the works. He knows what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Uh, another thing why the Grizzlies and Warriors series was so close was because there was a lot of uh, players hitting walls. There was a lot of newer guys like Jordan Poole and whatnot, you know, yeah. figuring out how to get through their first slumps in the playoffs. Jordan Poole performed horribly. There was at one point where the uh, NBA Super Boost on FanDuel mm-hmm. was relying on Jordan Poole to make uh, three three-pointers. And, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are good for it, but uh, Jordan Poole had one bucket all night. And it was a three-pointer, but it just goes to show he's he's been in a little bit of a slump as of late. I think mm-hmm. if they can, if they can, you know, get Jordan Poole a little more comfortable and they can get him a, uh, a little more set into the NBA playoff atmosphere. Yeah. Now you got Clay, Steph, and Jordan. Right. It'd be impossible. Shooters, these guys, and then someone who can drive like that. If, if you can get all these guys active and, and the, the shooters consistent again, I think right. that this series will be wrapped <laughs> up scary. rather quick. It might be a five-game series. The Warriors can take it quickly. Ooh. If I, I mean, this is a championship-level team. Draymond Green yeah. can muzzle Luca. If Luca has a bad game. It, it might be over. Even if Luka can perform like he's been performing, right? I, I just don't know if he can keep up with Golden State Warriors. I've it, it's a lot him, riding on Luka. I've nicknamed him the uh, Golden State Warriors buzzsaw for, for a while so, now because it just seems like anybody that steps foot against them in a seven-game series is going to inevitably get booted. Um, yeah. Memphis Grizzlies, though, did show... A lot of potential. They showed a lot of potential against them. And the fact that they didn't have John Moran, they were able to still keep up with the pace and still put on a show and flex a little bit of muscles was interesting. You know, I, I wasn't I, I was expecting that series to go to seven. But uh no, I was too. The fact that they were able to wrap it up quickly was was pretty interesting. With the with the Eastern Conference though, going into Milwaukee and what happened with that, um uh, inside the NBA was talking about how the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics towards the end of the season, they had an opportunity to, you know, winner, secure home court advantage, and the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks didn't perform and didn't have their, the, the right guys out there to, to, to play. 
And they wound up losing the game, which wound up losing home court advantage. And we saw just how important that was throughout the Eastern Conference final or Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, Boston is is probably one of the toughest atmospheres to play in in the country in terms of sports. I mean, you got teams like the Patriots, teams like the Red Sox, like the Bruins. You got all kind of tough fans, tough guys. Uh, How do you feel about Boston's chances faring in the future of the NBA playoffs? Going forward in this next series in the finals, and just overall, I mean, you saying in the finals, like you kind of. Oh, you, oh you, I'm you, lean, I'm leaning for him, man. For the, I really am. I think if you tie up Jimmy Butler with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, one of them, one of them's gonna have their their shot, and they're they're gonna perform, you know. And I, it'll it'll be close, and I think I think it'll go, you know, two seven or at six or seven, you know, but. I see Boston walking out of there. And it's interesting because the seeding almost doesn't even matter today right. in, in, in terms of the NBA playoffs. We've seen a lot of lower seeds, you know, put up a lot of good fights. But in this situation, in the Easter Conference, the lower seeds, both lower seeds, Boston and Dallas, hold a 2-1 season, regular season series lead over their opponents. So it, they're walking into this with confidence. They've beaten this team two out of three times throughout the season. Why can't they beat him four out of seven? The With the way tides are looking and, and with, with the way the games have been played, the speed they've been played, and just now we're in the playoffs. It's do or die now. Um, I think that the energy that these teams are putting out, they got their backs against the wall. They got nothing to lose. They're going out there. They're playing. They're playing hard. Boston Celtics have a, a good defensive scheme. Defense does win championships. And when you can muzzle the defending champions like they did and, and completely work them, yeah. I think that's that speaks volumes about what what your team is capable of and what what, what the future might look like for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, says a lot. Going going more towards the NBA Finals though, if the Warriors play the Celtics, mm-hmm. that might be one of the more interesting matchups we've seen lately in terms of NBA Finals. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't want to write off the Dallas Mavericks. I, I do agree that the Warriors are going to go to to the finals. However, you know, Luke, like I said earlier, Pat, Patrick Beverly and uh, I mean, even JJ Redick was saying how just difficult it is to guard right. Luka, and it's almost nearly impossible. The fact that Luka Doncic is on such a hot streak and how he's comparable to LeBron James says a lot. LeBron, if LeBron James was gonna was was gonna be put in that situation against that team. I, I, I have a hard time betting against them because we've seen LeBron James against the Warriors. We've seen him come back three to one. We've seen him do historic things. Right. Is Luka gonna 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 you know start to push towards that upper echelon of NBA talent? I mean, you know, he's creeping in there right. now. He's right. definitely right. arguably top five for sure. But will he be the best yeah. player in the league soon? He's still young. Uh, after last night, just the way he started off, that there, there was glimpses of it. Like he could really just completely take over a game and. In, in, in the night for somebody, you know, in the, in the whole series. So, I guess for where he's at right now, how old he is, you know, he's he's, he's doing really good, you know, but maybe give it a year or two. Like you said, it, it, it should be interesting. And I, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see how they're, they're going to handle Luka and, and the Maverick situation with the depth, yeah. and they're definitely going to need to add some star power to help oh, him yeah. out because uh, Luka is... You know, he's got some shooters around him, but he doesn't have anybody to, you know, help him out in terms of getting a rebound or getting get, getting open. You know, I, this is just a thought for me, but I personally don't believe that the Denver Nuggets are going to be able to win with Nikola Jokic. I don't think that the Nuggets are going to be able to put a team around him. It's yeah. it's a hard yeah. hard sell. It is hard. Uh, Jamal Murray coming back, you know, a lot of things might be different. But Jokic is in a – he's in his prime years as well as right. Embiid. 
and Beach paired with Harden. You know, these big men that are playing and balling right now, why wouldn't why wouldn't the Mavericks go out there? Why wouldn't Mark Cuban throw a couple dollars towards a big oh, man and, and, and try to get Dallas their second championship? I was about to say, that would really make a championship run for them if they could have one really good big man to pair with Luka. And they're creeping up on, on becoming an elite team in the NBA. Right. They're, they're, they're sitting here in the conference finals as a four seed. Uh, it, it, it looks like... Like I said earlier, the seeding in the NBA is starting to erase. It, it, it's such a competitive game. In terms of the NFL, you know, the seeding is normally true to the teams, how they're going to do, mm-hmm. and, and, and just about what to expect from them. But in the NBA, it's a whole different ball game. Now you don't have a one game or a, a one game series. Now oh, yeah. you don't have a do or die moment. Now you get to go out here and, you know, if you have a bad game or two or three, you can come out, regroup. And still move forward. Make it out of you there, can, yeah. This is the only one of the only sports where momentum, momentum, momentum can almost make a team come from nothing to something. A team can, like in 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 the March Madness tournaments, these Cinderella stories come out of nowhere just off of off of the feel of the game and all, right. whatnot. What what dark horse do you think going forward in the NBA would be a team to? pay attention to someone that's not necessarily doing good right now but you see doing good in the foreseeable future charlotte's interesting charlotte hornets yeah. with, with lamelo ball yeah it, 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 interesting it's interesting uh Mello's entertaining you know he's he's fun to watch uh but they, they they lack any help you know it's it's lamelo ball out there lamelo ball show so it's yeah and you know, with Michael Jordan being the team owner, I do think that there's going to be some push and some. They see sees the star potential in right. Lamelo, and he's probably going to want to get out there and get him some help. You know, it, that would be great. I think my pick would be, uh, believe it or not, the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> I think the New Orleans Pelicans are a couple pieces away from being able to push deep into the playoffs. The fact that they were able to go out here without Zion and push into the or push into the playoffs as well as they did. The Pelicans losing Zion was a big blow. Zion's ready to yeah. go. Zion's ready to play. The Pelicans just need to put him out there on the court. He's out here doing 360s in Duke and 360s in New Orleans. He's a traveling dunk show at this point. He's almost <laughs> a globetrotter more than an NBA All-Star. But I think next year, if Zion can find some footing and the, and the Pelicans keep this momentum and keep this structure, I, I wouldn't be against seeing the Pelicans you know, crack into the top six, top five at uh, the Western Conference. I definitely welcoming. do think there's a lot of good signings the Pelicans can do. They can target a lot of good necessary positions they need. They need a good combo guard. They need a good wing to be able to to shoot and provide some some good back. I mean, they got a lot of depth. Oh yeah, they got a lot of guys that can go out there and perform. Jose Alvarado is interesting. Uh, I like Jose Alvarado more as a role player. I like him more as a defender, more as like a little you know like yeah. fire stick piece. The fans love him. You put him in the court, everybody in the Smoothie King Center yeah. is gonna go crazy. They're gonna go. They're gonna eat it up. They're gonna love it. Uh, I wouldn't put the ball in his hands to shoot, though. Mm-hmm. That's my problem. I mean, the only two guys you can really trust on that team to shoot is going to be C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram. Oh, yeah. And at the same time, those guys weren't reliable throughout the playoffs. Right, so we right. might need to get like a, a Golden State instance where we got the Jordan Poole as the third string because yeah. slumps are real. If these guys go on the slump, there it's over, as we saw. If, if if the Pelicans had someone to pick up the slack and, and to be able to you know spark something or uh, be able to figure out an issue or, or create some offense, that'd be. I mean, you got Stephen Adams, you got all. They have a lot of a lot of interesting pieces that the Pelicans can fit into their scheme. They got a lot of a lot of yeah. a lot a lot of different things that they can do because they're all. It's not like they just have one clear path. Like they they can't just they don't need to just do this or just do that. They can do a, a, a different variety of things. 
because right. the floor is open the team's young and their structure and their, young, yeah. their their foundation isn't really set yet um but looking at the nba draft i'm excited about the houston rockets going to be able to pretty much take their their pick at, at, at the entire oh, draft yeah. board another uh, disappointing season mm-hmm. Jalen green's going to get another lottery pick to play with uh looks like paulo Monchero or you know chet holmgren is going to be the favorites yeah, for houston uh, pretty cool. My personal preference would be Paolo Bonchero. I mean, Chet, you know, Chet's good, but look at look at where Paolo ended up. And, and, and right. I, I get it's a team game, but look at where Paolo ended up and look at where Chet ended up. Chet got upset. Paolo made it to the big dance. Even though he came up short, I think Paolo's will, Paolo's championship mentality is, is, is what uh, you can't teach. Nope. The fact that he's got it, he's got that drive. I would go all in on him. I, I, I would yeah. draft him first. I would pair him with the Jalen Green. I would go... I, if I was Houston, I think that's the piece. <laughs> no. Houston definitely is going to be uh, going to be trigger happy because they have they they have had bad instances in the past with players like James Harden, where you know you go all in on a player and then you build an entire team around him, and if it just doesn't work, the team tanks and the team fails. And in the, in the Rockets instance with James Harden, they put a lot of pieces around him. They put Chris Paul around him. They put Dwight Howard around him. They put Russell Westbrook around him. They put a lot of guys. And now he's with Joel Embiid and still not winning. So at what point do you say, you know, is the problem James Harden? Is the problem the schemes? NBA basketball is hard and playoff basketball is rough. But, I mean, if James Harden time time again doesn't show up when he's needed to show up, it makes you question the player, it's, not the game in this instance. Uh, repetitive with him. Uh, it's just every year. Man, every year it's something different with James Harden. He's either playing with someone new or at this point on a new team. And it's just, to me, it just, like you said, it's not working out. I think part of the problem here with James Harden is going to be his focus. I don't think he's as focused and as dialed in as many championship athletes are supposed to be. I mean, you yeah. see it in time time again where he's going to be going out to the club with a rapper <laughs> or, you know, missing training camp to hang out with little Baby in Paris. Right. But... It, it it doesn't really make sense to me. It, where, where's your head at? You know, like Kobe used to be out here working out three o'clock oh, in the yeah. mornings, nine o'clock in the morning, noon. He work out three, four like times that. a day. James Harden is out here maybe drinking three, four times a day. He's not taking it as serious as he should have as 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 a max contract athlete. You'd expect a whole lot more from him. You'd expect a whole lot more. You expect a whole lot more uh, commitment. I think. I think what. What may be James Harden's problem is his game just doesn't transition well at that level. I think uh, he's yeah. up and down. Highs are really high. Lows are really low. And in playoff time, you can't, can't do that. No, it's no, it's that consistency, and mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna need a you're gonna you're gonna need to produce when it's time to produce. You can't just right. sit there and scratch your head and just you know not show up, especially in Philadelphia. I mean, right. look at what they did right. to Ben Simmons. I'm a, I'm wondering what when the James Harden mm-hmm. stuff is. I mean. Yeah. It's not all his fault, but at the same time, he definitely does need to to figure something out, and he oh, definitely yeah. no, does need he, to be a little bit more of a leader and step up when it's time to step up. Look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler can go can can lead the yeah. Heat whenever. Jimmy Butler will put everything into the game. Jimmy Butler will be so tired that he's gonna lean down against a scores table and take a breath before he even gets back in the locker room. I mean, Jimmy Butler is ball first, rest last. James Harden hasn't. <laughs> That Sixers team has potential. They got Embiid, they got right. Tyrese Maxey, they got James Harden. They got a lot of guys. Oh, this yeah, is one of the best teams that James them, yeah. Harden actually second best team. But uh, that it, it seems like when James Harden has a uh, he needs a, he needs a smaller role. I think when James Harden has a smaller role, they have more success. Especially because when you look at the year that James Harden was the most successful in terms of how far he made it in the playoffs, he was a six man. 
James Harden made it to the finals with the Thunder, but he wasn't the one taking all the shots. Because when you rely on someone that's not consistent, inconsistency will kill you. And in the NBA playoffs, you need to be on your game all the time. You need to be the Luka Doncic. You need to be the Steph Curry. So in this right. instance, Sixers are going to have to go back to the drawing board. They're all, <laughs> you know, the GM Dale yeah. Morey traveled from Houston to Philly with Harden. So we still got the brains behind the operation <laughs> over there. And you're still running into the same problems. Yeah, it, that's it, not good. It's just repeated history. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. <laughs> I think we might have to put uh, Dale Morey on an insanity test here soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to keep on just doing the same thing over and over again, bro. I think that the you know the NBA playoffs are, are very exciting. I think that the Warriors are going to be able to put on a good show. I think Steve right, Kerr's got right. a lot of things up his sleeve. Uh, for my prediction for what's going to happen in this series, I think that Luka Doncic is, is still going to still going to go off. He's still going to be able to perform. I think the fact that Draymond Green has a little bit of uh, prior knowledge, prior experience with dealing with guys yeah. like this. Draymond would guard LeBron. Draymond would uh, you know help out against guys like. Kyrie Irving or Giannis, you know, he's got elite talent. Oh, oh, yeah. He's a defensive player of the year at some point for a reason. Uh, I believe that the Dallas Mavericks are going to come out here, and, you know, they're not they're not going to just get rolled. It's mm-hmm. not going to just be a, a breeze game. I don't see it going seven. I don't see it going that long. That would take a lot yeah. of, like I said, that big word, consistency. And I think that, you know, this year in the NBA playoffs, the theme has been when a team gets caught and they get it just piles yeah. up quick. It, it, it's unstoppable. That lead is insurmountable, especially going down the wire in these late games. I got the Warriors in six is what I'm going to say. I'm going to trust my gut. Yeah. And then going towards that Heat and, uh, heat and Boston, Boston series, man, the Heat can fight. No, that they that can, series they could can, definitely man. go seven, and if it does, Boston doesn't have the home court advantage. If Boston doesn't have Game Seven in Boston against Milwaukee, do they win? I'm, I think going forward for the Miami Heat, Bam Adebayo, you got Jimmy Butler, you got a lot of guys that are going to come out here and they're ready. They've been in the finals. They played the Phoenix Suns. They've they've played elite championship level yeah. talent. It's not their first rodeo. Jimmy Butler might be looking for revenge. That is true. That is true. Uh, I guess it comes down to, like you said, consistency. If they can keep that up, they keep it up. They don't. I mean, it can go either way, you know? I'm wondering where Tyler Hero has been. I mean, Tyler mm. Hero is showing up in that NBA Finals yeah. run, but we need to see a little bit more uh, a little more pep in his step right. going into this series. They're going to need it. Marcus, oh, yeah. Marcus Smart with that Defensive Player of the Year award for Boston, that's huge. I mean, it just shows... Yeah. Defense can definitely win championships. Defense is, is your main focal point. If you can go out there and muzzle somebody, right, make them shoot 20%, and then you all string together a 30% shooting game. <laughs> you won the basketball game at that point. It, uh, But I think in the NBA, the good offense beats good defense. I think that someone can shoot over a yeah. hand. Someone can shoot yeah, over yeah. contestant. It's just that Boston doesn't play just good defense. They play great defense. They get the ball out your hand. They get you pressured. They right. get you in traps. They play the two man. They play the numbers game. That and that, that's what that's what's important. You can't in, in today's game. It's not one on one. And that what makes yeah. that's what makes the Warriors so deadly in today's game. That it's not one on one. The Warriors are going to spread the floor and they're going to move the ball so quick. Everyone's going to get in their zones. Everyone's going to find their man. Everyone's going to get lost in in the sauce. Pretty mm-hmm. much, the ball's going to be moving around so fast that everybody's heads turn. 
and then the next thing you know, Jordan Poole's open, and hopefully he can make the three. Mm. Or next thing you know, Clay Thompson's open, or those Splash Brothers, Steph Curry, Clay, little connection we got. Steph's coming off screens all the time, and I, I mean, look, we'd like to see Draymond get back into the three-point round, but man, I, I, I think that's scary. I think bro. he had to trade in a skill. I think Draymond Green had to trade in a. He had too many skills, so he had to replace one to get another. So with that new podcasting gig he's got, he had to give up his three-point <laughs> shooting ability, and that's deals, where it's man. been. His over under's been sitting at eight points per game, and sometimes he oh, don't even hit it. That's wild. Draymond Green's definitely been uh, raising a couple eyebrows, but going towards <laughs> NFL football, a little brief moment here. Uh, New Orleans Saints signed Jarvis Landry. It's looking crazy. It's looking crazy for the Saints. They 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 got Tyron Matthew. They got Jarvis Landry there. They already got their red hot defense. Now right. the question is, will Jameis Winston be able to perform? Jameis Winston gets the tools that he needs. Jameis Winston won't have Kamara for you know probably six weeks of the season. Is what it's looking yeah. like. But at the same time, he still has Michael Thomas. He still has Chris Olave. He still has Jarvis Landry. And it's yet to be seen what Odell Beckham's going to do. Seems right. that uh, he's rumored to go to Green Bay to replace I saw that the this guy right day. here. Yeah. Uh, that that'd be a cheap get. But would would I trust Odell Beckham Jr. going into next season after that ACL injury? As your number one wide receiver. I don't think he'd be number one in no. Green Bay. No. Number one's going to be Alan Lazard. Oh yeah, Alan yeah, Lazard's yeah. proven he's there. And, and a, a big thing is, I don't think you're going to determine primary receivers off of. Uh, Star power type, you know, like Odell's a, yeah, a big yeah, star, but you. but Rogers trusts Lazard. When Rogers is going to have a primary round, he's going to have a guy where he needs to he needs to hit him, and he need, he wants to make sure his guys catch the ball. Oh, yeah. Sammy Watkins yeah. is a good signing. I, I believe that uh, he's going to provide a good role. That. Good that, that is a good, really good signing. That's a veteran. And th- we draft Christian Watson in the second round. Packers in the second round have a pretty good rap sheet. We've gotten guys like Devontae Adams. We've gotten guys like Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. There's been a lot of guys in the second round that have come to Green Bay and performed at the wide receiver position. Now, how much of that is, you know, credit to, to Aaron Rodgers yeah. or, or Brett Favre? Yeah. But um, I, I really don't even know. I really don't even know. If uh, if that would really matter in this situation, I think that the fact that Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback for the next three four years, the wide yeah. receivers around him, whether he makes them better or they're just good, it is a mute or a moot point. It's, they're going to be able to perform be, regardless. Yeah. But going into Devontae Adams, he's got a lot of talent, mm-hmm. but he de- he doesn't have the same arm. He doesn't have the same arm throwing to him. Have the same quarterback. Will Devontae Adams Adams be able to perform in in Las Vegas like he was performing in Green Bay? He's still going to be a great guy. A lot of those skills he's got are intangible. His route running is perfect. He can get up and get over, and he uses his body to catch the football. But... Those balls might not be placed <laughs> no, in the same Derek spot. Barr is not Those, Aaron Rodgers, man. And, and and there's a lot of different there's a lot of different things like like Devont or and Aaron had like a, a little connection. You can see Aaron Rodgers right. on the Pat McAfee show say that you know he can just kind of feel where Devonte is. He can kind of just know what he's going to do. They were on the same page. Devonte could uh, you know make something out of nothing almost. Aaron would just look. And, and Devontae's there wide open. Derek Carr and him did play at Fresno State, but at the same time, do they have that connection? Right, that was think. a long time ago. And then this is pro football now. This is a whole right. lot different, and Devontae's game's a whole lot different. He's a whole different person. I think that oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be definitely interesting to see how these star players transition yeah. into their new role. I wouldn't get too caught up in the fact that, you know, the Von Millers are going to Buffalo or whatnot. Right. Buffalo's Super Bowl's odds skyrocketed, and they haven't yeah. even made – a significant chance to yeah. to make it out of the AFC. I think the fact right. that without Josh Allen showing some uh, some true colors, I don't know. Yeah, 
I think you got a lot of a lot of a lot of question marks in there around the NFL going into the next year. Without a doubt, a lot of guys. I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great season. And the Verdict Verdict covered uh, our predictions for the 2022 NFL season. You can catch that on Surely. the YouTube, and you can catch more daily clips live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all under the Verdict Verdict. This has been the Verdict Verdict, and hopefully we got some more. Comp- competitive NBA basketball coming through. Hopefully, we don't have any more snooze fest, thirty-point game blowouts. Um, anything else you'd like to say? No, man. We're just like you said, looking forward to the rest of the NBA playoffs. And we're gonna see how these predictions fare out. Hopefully, we get a. Hopefully, we get some competitive series this year going forward. Well, that'll be all for today's uh, surprise Monday edition. We'll, we'll, we'll be hosting some more Monday Monday morning shows at nine a.m. Friday at seven p.m. Still. And daily clips uploaded, Twitter constantly uploaded, live game feed, live game uh, updates, and a whole lot more. Well, this has been the Verdict Verdict. Thanks for tuning in, and y'all enjoy the rest of your Monday.